done this thing. Right. Welcome, listener. You're joining us on the moors today, out out on the windy moors. Are you windy today? Because you're Uh, a moor. Yeah, I am a moor. Um, If I'd had Brussels sprouts with my hot pot last night, um, I I, I might have been a windy moor, yes. That would be a scary thing. Do you know what I saw on the news this morning? I didn't know this. Did you know astronauts aren't allowed to have Brussels sprouts when they're in space? Is that because, presumably, if you fart in a tin can like that? Well, it's not just the smell. It, theoretically, it's a flammable gas, and you oh, can't right. have no, flammable okay. gases no. up on the space station or in the spaceships. Yeah, Brussels sprouts are right. not on the Christmas menu if anyone's up in the International Space Station this I Christmas. I don't. I think that probably, other than my age and general fitness level, I think that precludes me from being an astronaut. Mm, yeah. I, I, I have many flammable gases erupt from me. <laughs> All right, so you're never going to be in an astronaut. No, I don't think so. I think I've missed my chance there. All right, let's get back back down to Earth and let's go off to Devonshire. Devonshire, yeah. I've never heard of Devon called Devonshire. Was it called Devonshire back in uh, Victorian times? It might. I mean, I've heard people say Devonshire, but Devonshire. It's just Devon, isn't it? Devon, yeah. Yeah. All right. Devon on Earth. No, it's not. It's a horrible place. No, it's horrible, yes. (laughs) Did you, you used to go there for holidays as a kid? Drove through it. Yeah, we, we, we drive through it usually to get to the other side and get somewhere more interesting. It's too bleak, Dartmoor. It's you can very see bleak, why they've yes. stuck a bloody great prison. Well, that was the whole point, wasn't it? To isolate. Yep. You yep. don't put. Well, you would now, but you'd, back then you wouldn't put a prison in a holiday camp. No. You want to isolate it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Did uh, did you read the book? You said you no. Read the I've book? just not had time. But I, Fair enough. I, I know enough of the book to know when yeah. uh, hammers start taking massive liberties. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't take long for them to do that. To be no, fair. and and yeah, I mean, you know, this isn't a Jimmy Sangster script. No, no, um, no. And he who who did the script for Curse of uh, Frankenstein and Dracula, um, but you know, I I don't mind the the liberties they've taken with the book I, because they took the liberties with the book, the previous two big films. Yes, I um, I don't know about yourself. I'm I'm a big Sherlock Holmes fan, always since you know first starting to read, started reading Sherlock Holmes short stories and then progressed on. So I'm I'm a big fan. I generally, because uh, I have real trouble sleeping these days, I listen to audiobooks a lot just to put me to sleep and um, just to have sound going. And it's usually either I mean it shows the different levels. It's usually either the Daz Army radio show, which I love. Or it's um, the collected works of Sherlock Holmes. Uh, so I've Read listened by to whom? This. Uh, Stephen Fry. Right. It's on, it's on Audible. It's very good. Stephen Fry does a very, very good job, as you would expect. Um, it's interesting. A lot of the the uh, intonations and voice sort of accents he does are basically taken from the Jeremy Brett versions of the story. So if you listen to it, you can go, oh, that's Jeremy Brett, he's taken that. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't think is a bad thing. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've always been a Sherlock Holmes fan. Always loved it. Um, I've never really... I never really thought this is a particularly good Sherlock Holmes story. Mainly because it isn't a Sherlock Holmes story. It was obviously written when Doyle was had killed Sherlock Holmes and yes. desperately didn't want to do it It's anymore. a prequel, it's basically, it. isn't it? Yeah, but this was originally going to be a story that wasn't Sherlock Holmes, which is why Sherlock Holmes pisses off right at the beginning and doesn't come back till the end this was going to be just a standalone thriller and then for various 
reasons, financial and otherwise, he, he had to shoehorn Sherlock Holmes back into it. But even as a Sherlock Holmes story, um, it's not that interesting, I don't think. It's very, it's, it's, I think it's one of his most atmospheric books, but it's not, it's not really a murder mystery. No. And and I like reading the uh, the short stories because you've always got an intriguing mystery yes. and um, something Holmes will spot that we don't spot. All the exactly, all, yeah. all the short stories are brilliant when you read them for the first time. Yeah, they're, they? they're great in that Watson will present all the facts, and then it's something small that Holmes noticed. And when you reread it, you go, "Oh yeah," and it's usually really unlike say a lot of uh, uh, other sort of early 20th century crime stuff like Agatha Christie, I think you could, on a lot of the Sherlock Holmes stories, you could work out what was going on roughly by the same time as Holmes does. Mm. I mean, there's always a problem that, that, that sometimes Holmes will take something as, it, this is the only explanation, therefore he's right. I think in, in the real world, Holmes would would be wrong on many, many occasions. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously, Conan Doyle himself was was wrong on pretty much everything. He, um, yeah, he, he had many, many mad beliefs. He was open to charlatans. He was open to... Mystic, you know, mystics yeah, and mystic. stuff, wasn't he? It was he? just terrible. I mean, the death of his son in World War One really screwed his mind up. But and Holmes sort of does suffer a little bit from the same thing in that you have to Holmes. There's that very famous quote that ends up in like Star Trek and things like that. That once you've uh, eliminated uh, the impossible, whatever's left must therefore be the truth. And that's that's a, a fallacy. It's wrong um, because you can never eliminate every explanation. Yeah, you don't How do know, you know that exactly. Fact. Yes, you eliminate ten people. An eleventh person you didn't know about could be the murderer. It doesn't mean to say it's the other bloke hmm. or the butler. Um, but you have to sort of take that with a pinch of salt. But the Hand of Basket was very, very atmospheric. Really good, good it, read. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's good as a book. Yeah, it's a rollicking good yarn, but it's a terrible Sherlock Holmes mystery. Although it, it does have a couple of really nice bits for Holmes, um, and he's he's. I think he's at his most acerbic. Uh, in some of the scenes, he's really he has no time for a lot of these people. <coughs> but this is more of a uh, let's introduce these other characters um, and put all the effort into them. Even home, uh, even um, Watson in this is very, very subdued compared to normal Watson. In that it could be anyone. Yeah. And again, I think that probably holds over from it. Originally, it wasn't Watson. Um, and so when the film versions come along, of, of all the Sherlock Holmes stories, this is probably the one that that you could probably have the most liberties with. Because from the general public's point of view, it's a big dog and it kills people. Yeah. The details are sort of, eh. And um, even, the, even the Jeremy Brett version, which normally up to that point, Jeremy Brett stuff was, was spot on, was sort of followed it. But because, again, this is a quite a long novel um a lot of it was cut out curtailed changes amendments things like that and i think you probably have to to make it work as a film but yeah we had the the basil rathbone version which had again 
gallons of atmosphere, but not really anything to do with the book. And then this version, um, which I th- for some reason I I don't remember it being on telly that much. No, no, no. I, I'm not sure why. The 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 Rathbone version was on like every other week, wasn't it? When we yes. were growing up. Yeah. Yeah, but this this one not so much. No, I didn't see it until the DVD years. Yeah, um, well, I, I saw I I first had it on. You remember the old big puffy box Warners? Yeah, right. And I'd love it. I had a really lurid dog on the cover, really lurid painting. It might have been one of the cinema posters, but yeah, and, and I picked it up somewhere and and watched it to death. But even even then, like you're watching it, and you get to a certain point, and if you're a Holmes fan. That's when it will either lose you, which when I was a younger fan, you know, I, I've said on the Doc Two one, I, when I when I was a younger fan of things, I used to be very pedantic, and if things deviated from how it should be, I didn't like it. Now I find it much more interesting because I'm so familiar with the original stories. I find the changes they make oh, it's interesting where they go in, and you, it's a bit of yeah. enjoyment in it, you know, a little bit of difference. Yeah, I I, I enjoy. Um... Not only watching Hammer films, but, you know, it, it's fascinating to see the development of Hammer as a company and the choices yeah. that they made. And it's it, it's obvious that, you know, they knew they were onto something with the success of Curse of Frankenstein and, and Dracula. They wanted to do another literary piece of work, you know, um, yeah. a British one as well, because, you know, a lot of the appeal in America was British horror. So, yeah, let's look at Sherlock Holmes. This is the only one that has anything like um, a fantasy horror element. Yeah. Um, I, I find it hard to believe that, you know, um, Kenneth Hyman, uh, the son of Elliot Hyman, one of the producers, you know, secured the rights. And the whole plan was to have a start a series of Sherlock Holmes films with Sherlock Holmes in it. But I can't, I can't see what, other stories they would have done after this to keep it in the hammer mold you know yeah i think i think they would have had to have gone very much like the uh basil rathbone version in that they would have taken the the merest hint of the story sometimes just the title and they would have woven their own (coughs) horror elements into it I a bit like james bond you know they, yes they, you have the yeah. title of a novel but but the yeah. the film ain't much to do with yeah. the novel yeah because the, the whole point of the Sherlock Holmes stories is is against superstition is against uh the supernatural holmes doesn't believe and it is it's science winning every time so yeah i'm not entirely sure how they would have got that into the hammer f- sort of way i mean perhaps it would have um it would have meant that we'd look back on hammer now and not just think of them as a horror studio yeah yeah perhaps they could have gone that way i mean let's be honest you know they ended up on the buses things like that so yeah yeah you know they i think they could have worked but because <laughs> this is uh, is this before or after the bbc uh peter cushion Sherlock Holmes. No, it's before, isn't it? This is before. Yeah, because he was he was a big fan of Sherlock Holmes. He had a complete run of the Strand magazine. Yeah. Um. And and yeah, you see any of the documentaries? You know, he was a real perfectionist. He he wanted actual props to work. Yeah. Um. That 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 moment in the um. In the uh, where 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 when they're in his study and uh, he stabs the note uh, no, the, yeah. the thing down. Um that was him saying, I need to do this because, 
you know, um, that's what Holmes does in the book, but they had a marble uh, um, mantelpiece, so they had to put a bit of wood down so that he could do it, you know, and things like that. Um, but I do wonder if Peter Cushing had stayed with it, if they did start ta doing versions and there were more and more liberties taken with it, it could be these, like, this isn't Sherlock Holmes, he, that I know, I, yeah, I, I would, don't want to do would this he anymore. Have, would he have carried on, yes. Um, because Jeremy Brett was very much the same, wasn't he? He wanted the, he wanted everything to appear as it did in the book. So when when you're reading the novels, you picture the the sets from the Jeremy Brett version, um, and that's why because they basically followed it word for word. <coughs> and the, if you watch the the two twenty one B Baker Street set for this, it's almost the Jeremy Brett set because mm -hmm. again, it's based on the descriptions. Uh, which I think is really good, and, and the line I, drawings in Strand. The line drawings, yes, as well, very, very much. And I like Peter Cushion as Holmes. I see uh, there I was he, criticism yeah. at the time in 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 the press that he was too much of a fay Holmes. He was too much of a, a lightweight Holmes. Yeah, I've seen criticism of that that he's yeah, but to me, Holmes isn't a bruiser, is he? He's not. No. This is. I think he's very good. He's not. He's not my favourite Holmes. But I think he's a very good one. I, and again, Andre Morel is excellent as Dr. Watson in this. Yeah. I like my Dr. Watson to be a bit more intelligent. Yeah, you know, yeah. My yeah. favourite Dr. Watson, David Burke, from the you know first two seasons of um, Jeremy Brett. And it was it sort of people were going, wow, Watson's actually clever. Mm. And well, it, that, that's how that's it was what in he the is in the book. Yeah, it was only... I mean, it, it shows how much the... Um, the Basil Rathbone, Nigel Bruce version, Nigel Bruce's version of... Watson, how much that took hold in the public imagination. Because yeah. nowhere else is Watson a bumbling idiot. And, you know, I <coughs> I love uh, Nigel Bruce's Watson, but he's not the book Watson. No. He's, he's a cinematic uh, Watson. Um, so I think they get, they get uh, Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson sort of spot on here. Excellent. I'm not sure they get anyone else, almost everyone else, is miscast right. i think well we'll we'll get into it but before we get into it just just one little, little fact uh, christopher lee is the only actor so far to have played henry baskerville sherlock holmes and mycroft holmes oh right he's played did he never play watson he wouldn't play watson he second fiddle in it boy oh boy um, no for that for, I, I know uh, historically on record on this show i've often sort of criticised Christopher Lee. I think when he when he plays a certain part, he's very good. When he doesn't, he's not. And I think this is a very weak performance from Christopher Lee. Here's a question. We will talk about it, the film, in a minute. Um, what about if they switched roles? So Christopher Lee was Sherlock Holmes and Peter Cushing was Watson. I, think I, I could see that working. But we would, we would have a... Because, again, there's this fallacy, isn't there, that... I call it the house fallacy that Sherlock Holmes was rude to everyone. Mm. And he's not, he's absolutely sometimes a lovable character and he's usually very, very polite to people. And he's, and it's only people that he thinks are idiots or he's trying to deflate them. And he's really rude. But I think Christopher Lee, judging by the way he plays uh, Sir Henry here, um, he would play him as completely aloof. I don't want it. I want a bit. I want a bit of Peter Cushion's charm. Yeah. 
Because Holmes was a charming man. Yes, yeah. You know. All right, we are at that point. Shall we venture out onto the moors then? Yes, shall we? But mm. Doff, put on our big big cloaks and... And uh, deer stalker. Deer stalkers. Um, and, do you own uh, a deer stalker? No. I do. I've got a stalker, but not a deer yeah. stalker. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you've got a different type of stalker. Yeah. <laughs> not very dear to you either, either. No, a bit of a mean stalker. <laughs> All right, let's get out onto the moors. Know then the legend of the Hound of the Baskervilles. Take heed, and beware the moor in those dark hours when evil is exalted. Else you will surely meet the Hound of Hell... The greatest story ever written by one of the world's greatest storytellers, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's classic masterpiece of mystery, suspense, and horror, The Hound of the Baskervilles. Some revolting sacrificial rite has been performed. What depth a human being can sink to. What human being could have done this? That is precisely what I intend to find out be so certain that somebody took one of the bishop's spiders and deliberately placed it in Sir Henry's room, that it wasn't in the luggage he brought from South Africa. Elementary, my dear Watson, there are no tarantulas in South Africa. What do you want me to do? Identify anything I may find. Strange things are to be found on the moor. Like this, for instance. was going to be easy, didn't you? Didn't you? You won't be the first of your family who thought that. And you won't be the first to die because of it. The first thing I noticed on this, which, again, it's been a while since I've watched this, other than the fact that the, the restoration job, beautiful. Well done, well done. It's a great Blu-ray. Um, really good opening titles, but the music is basically just a quite mass experiment. Yeah. And I'm surprised they didn't go with a, something a bit different. It hasn't really got a theme, has it? No, no, no. It hasn't got a theme that you can recognise. It hasn't got a, an equivalent of the Dracula. And a lot of it is just seems to be stock. Quite mass experiment music. Yeah. Um, which I like the music from quite mass experiment, but... It's like, I want something a bit, I want something a bit unique to this. Yeah, I tell you what's unique to this, and because uh, it doesn't show up in any of their other films, is that um, uh, painting of ba- Baskerville Hall out on the moors. Yes. It, it's quite crude looking at it on Blu-ray, but I don't mind it because it's again, it, it's part of the whole fairy tale thing of yeah, this, Hammer films. This is a gothic fairy tale, um, and you, yeah. You, now you we wouldn't get away with it now, <coughs> but um, yeah, I think it's charming in its own right. It's, no one's looking at it and going, "That's a real place," hmm. you know. But it's it's nice and it fits with the titles. I, I quite like the titles. Um, it's interesting that um, we'll probably, as we go along, we'll 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 mention bits that we either missed out or bits that that they go with, or bits they make up completely. And um, 
they they drop us straight into the uh, Sir Hugo mm. legend, um, which I think this sequence is great. This is this is Hammer at its best. They did period like this so well, um, and it's really it's atmospheric. It's scary. It's, it's so, a horrible. Yeah, but it's so beautiful. Thing. It's Jack Asher, yeah, it isn't amazing, it? The, the right? colours, yeah. are fantastic. But it is a horrible, sadistic opening, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's. I mean, it, it, I know this. This was we we sort of think of Sherlock Holmes as suitable for children now, and it's it's not really because yeah, Sir, Sir Hugo is a. I mean, basically, an old school Tory. <laughs> he thinks uh, he thinks anyone on a, a lower social scale than him isn't a human being, and consequently, I love it that he's torturing that that guy. And you're thinking, why is he torturing? That? And then it turns out that uh, he he's torturing the dad because the dad won't let him have his daughter. Yeah. Um, it's just it's, it's astonishing. And then he, he so Hugo basically goes, uh, "Oh, I tell you, I." As payment for for you for you guys, you can have her. And mm. we're basically talking about they're queuing up to gang rape this yes. poor, yeah, poor innocent girl um, who, who has legged it, hasn't she? Who has legged it? Yeah, quite rightly. Um, oh yeah, I I think I would as well. This does this. Um, they they do they do a change in this sequence, which does cut out a a slight. A problem I've got with the book, so I don't know whether they did that right. Because, so basically, in the book and in this, it turns out what what's happening is we're hearing the curse of the Baskerville. So this this is the event that caused the curse to be yeah. put on the Baskervilles. Now, in the original novel, um, this all happens plays out pretty much the same. So Hugo kidnaps a young girl that he, he's going <coughs> to basically have his wicked way with she escapes he chases her like you you know like a horrible fox hunting sort of situation as if she's an animal um but when when the the hound appears it's killed her and it's killed him and i always thought well where's the curse coming from yeah because if the curse is from god that's the why impression would I got. God, yeah. Why would God kill the girl yeah. as well? Surely you'd keep the girl alive, kill it, and that's straight. If the curse is from the devil, you would kill the girl. But why would you punish Sir Hugo? Because he's doing devilish things. Yeah. So I never understood in the book, what is the curse? Who Who's caused this curse to happen? But in this version, they, they change it that the girl survives. Um, and it's it's so Hugo gets killed, almost like the the dog is rescuing the girl, and that's what you go. Okay, I can see that now. It's meant to be God cursing him. God saved the girl. Um, but it's an interesting change. I don't know whether they thought the same thing. I, I haven't seen anything written down about that. But this was an A certificate, wasn't it? So, yes. So if if you're a kid, you know going to see this in the cinema and you don't know the story of Hound of the Basketball the fact that we got a voiceover and we see all of this at the beginning you assume it's real yes which yeah, must come a, a bit of a shock at the end when it's revealed to be a great Dane in yeah. disguise you would go well what killed Sir Hugo 300 years ago then yeah because you know full well 
these sort of legends that spring up because you didn't you have a legend near you about a big black dog or something no it's a big black um ball which went through ball. the church yeah the that church at the top of the hill yeah. here uh yeah a, a fiery spectral ball come through what yeah. when um they were all in church and killed people and went out yeah. the other side and you know that like if this was a real legend you know a hound of the things you know it was just <laughs> One day, Sir Hugo was out riding, his horse tripped, he fell off, and one of his dogs started licking his neck. And that's what would build up, mm. you know, while hunting. They'd build up. So, so yeah, you know, it's that the whole legend is bollocks. Um, but, yeah, if you were a kid watching this, you weren't familiar with the thing. Yeah, you, it must be quite a shock when it then suddenly cuts to and it's Dr. Mortimer telling the story. Yeah. Um, Dr. Mortimer, first miscasting, far too old. Far too evil looking. I all I I can't. I, is is it Edward? De, oh, what, what, what Francis de Wolf. Isn't that it? that's it's, him. Yeah, you, you met, he was in um, Carry On Cleo. Carry On the, Cleo. I was just he's about the to say. hairy arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I cannot see him in anything no. without thinking of Carry On Cleo. Yeah, hundred percent. But he's. Too, I mean, I know what they're doing because they they're almost treating this as a murder mystery in that look at all these suspects yeah they've all a bit um so i I can see why but obviously in the book dr mortimer is quite a young doctor quite absent-minded very academic Uh, in this yeah you wouldn't want this guy as your family physician would you he's (coughs) he looks like he's just made a deal with the devil himself Yeah. yeah but this is classic classic uh peter cushing the way he's rolling his r's Yes. You know, he can really get his tongue around his arse, that bloke, can't he? He can, yeah. He's very talented in that respect. Yeah, um, yeah we get a lovely little... Weirdly, in the in the book, before Dr. Mortimer appears, Dr. Mortimer comes in, misses Holmes and Watson, leaves his stick, because he's absent-minded. Um, and uh, there's this lovely sequence where Sherlock Holmes asks Dr. Watson, what did you do? Use my methods. What do you deduce from this? Uh, and of course, it's bollocks. He doesn't... Sherlock Holmes never deduces anything. He infers. Yeah. And again, this is Conan Doyle, hack writer, didn't really know the difference between deduction and inference. And so, yeah, he asks him to infer from this stick. What? Watson gets it. <coughs> Pardon me. Watson gets it all wrong. And Sherlock Holmes is like basically saying, "Oh, you're you're amazing, Watson." Watson gets all, "Yeah, excellent." He's finally he's finally recognised me, and he goes, "No, no, I mean you're excellent in that you show me every time the correct path because you're so wrong." It's such a lovely put down, and it's a lovely sequence, and we don't get that in this. No. And it's such a a shame. It's like why would you not put that in? You know, because we get a lot of filler later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it can't, it can't be editing have... for time, can it? You know? No, I wouldn't have thought so. Yeah. I, I I can't remember. Is it in the book, Holmes saying to Watson, this is a two-pipe problem? Cause yes, that, yeah, it, that's that... a very, quite a famous uh, phrase that gets used over and over again. Is yeah, So so he basically wants to spend the day uh, in his imagination in Dartmoor and uh, he's, he's going to take two pipefuls of tobacco to, right. to to think about this. But yeah, that's, that's a... a, a Conan Doyle, Sherlockian phrase. All right. So next day they go off to see Sir Henry in his London hotel room. Oh, we get we get the date, don't we? But not the year. Friday the thirteenth of June. Well, the book it's set in eighteen eighty nine. Yeah, I think we'll take that as well. So we'll take that, and we've got location. (coughs) 
Grimpen is the uh, yeah is the nearby village for the hall, isn't it? Yes. Um, yeah, Grid the Grimpen, the great Grimpen Meyer. It's great names, and I'm presuming they all exist because Conan Doyle he went on holiday, didn't he? To to Devonshire. It's a bit like H.G. Yeah. Wells, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You visit a place, visit a place, and write about gives it. it. Yeah, it gives it a bit of uh, reality. Um, but yeah, uh, so Doctor Mortimer. So basically, what he's, he follows the book fairly closely at this point. He's saying that um, Sir Henry is no Sir. Oh, what the hell's Sir Charles has been Charles, found. That's it. So yeah. I couldn't think of his name. Sir Charles has been found dead. Um, slight difference in that he's been found dead at an abbey close by. A ruined abbey. A ruined abbey. It's like, ah, okay, so Hammer's got a set left over from something. There are no ruined abbeys no on ruined Dartmoor. Abbeys. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. Can you imagine what, putting an abbey up there? Well, we've got no parishioners again. Oh, well. There's no abbey. There's no Grimpen. There's no, no. such place as Grimpen. Um, and Grimpen Meyer, um, it apparently um, is based on a real place called Foxdoor Meyer on oh, Dartmoor. Right which Conan Doyle had visited. Yeah. He just changed its name for the book. Yeah, because there's, um, there's so many like inns and places in Dartmoor, isn't there, that claim this is where uh, Conan Doyle wrote Hound of the Baskervilles, because he went round quite a few uh, on his little tour. Yeah, there's so many sort of touristy places claiming that. That's quite... Quite amusing. I don't know what people are getting out of it, but um, yeah. So, so, so Charles been found dead. Uh, you get the usual things of he was walking on tiptoe, and Holmes makes a thing of he wasn't on tiptoe. He was, he was running, running his life. <laughs> um, almost all of the reasoning behind all of these events has changed in this, but we'll we'll sort of get to them. But yeah, the the big news is um, rather quickly. I thought they've located. Uh, Sir Charles' only heir, other than a missing uh, brother that disappeared somewhere. Um, And Sir Henry is coming the next day from Johannesburg. Mm. Um, Lots and lots of direct quotes from the book in this section. It's quite quite good. Um, And they go off to meet uh, Sir Henry. And it's uh, it's Chris. It is. Chris is most... uh, Hoity oh. best, yeah. Oh, he's incredibly dull in this. He's is the most boring character. Um, and I'm sorry, I, I, you know, I don't believe Christopher Lee as a romantic kisser <laughs> in any of his films. I'm, you know, sorry, it just doesn't work. Um, but yeah, so they meet meet him. He he's immediately berating the hotel um, because his boots have gone missing. Well, and again, that's. One boot. That's a that's a big thing in the <coughs> that's a big thing in the um, the the book. Um, but that here we you sort of go you're you're happily going along going oh, okay yeah no 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 I, this is all right they 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 they're <coughs> cutting bits out but they got you for timing that was good what a bloody tarantula yeah and this is the point where it basically goes off the deep end and goes ah I've yeah. lost my copy of the book um, yeah. Uh, there's a tarantula that crawls out of one of the boots. Um, and we, we later find out, and this is my problem with this film, is that every change they do is for the worse. Mm. Everything is coarser than what it originally was and destroys any 
believability in the thing. So we're we're meant to believe that uh, that um, Stapleton. Oh, spoilers! Stapleton turns out to be the murderer. Stapleton uh, stole a tarantula off of the bishop, the local bishop, who's not in the book. <laughs> um, went to London with it. At the same time as he was stealing one boot, in the other boot, he, he put, put tarantula. the tarantula. And then, luckily, it didn't try and crawl out until Sir Henry picked it up and kept it close by his arm. Maybe it was his body warmth which woke it Do up. Do you reckon? Well, not from Christopher Lee. He's a cold fish, isn't yeah, he? He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not going to warm anyone up. Um, and this, this uh, tarantula comes out. Um, and they, they they make a big play throughout this that tarantulas are the deadliest of spiders. Not no, really. they're not. No, they're no. not. No. I've um, seen an interview um, in print with Christopher Lee where he says that, you know, he's terrified of spiders and that look on his face is real terror. But it's because not he, a real spider. It, there's, uh, there's just the rubber spider on his shoulder. That's the yeah. only time. You never see the real spider with Christopher Lee. So I think that's a yeah. bit of exaggeration. That's there. a Leeism, isn't it? Yeah, he was a bit a, yeah, of a, an exaggerationist. Is that a word? It is, it is now. Um, yeah, so the only shot you've got where it's obviously Christopher Lee, it's the worst rubber spider like you used to get in joke shops. Yeah, give me Planet the Spiders, Spiders. Yeah, oh, it's... And then um, uh, Sherlock goes to such huge sort of efforts to knock it off his shoulder as if it's he's defusing a bomb. And then he's not keep whacking it, doesn't he? Oh, God, he? yeah, he beats the <laughs> shit out of it. And I, I'm, I, I don't like spiders. Um, but I'm thinking, oh, poor spider. Yeah. What has he ever done? Yeah, what's he ever done? I mean, just don't kill it. Mm. Um... <laughs> might think differently if it was called out of my boot. But, um, yeah, this whole thing is added. It's not in the original novel, and no. it's terrible. It's a stupid thing. Um, I don't know why they would have added it other than to, we need a we need a bit of excitement here. Uh, are we meant to s- still suspect Dr. Mortimer, that Dr. Mortimer put it there? I, perhaps that's the idea, yeah, that we're meant to think, oh, he had access to the boots. Hmm. Um, could be. Hmm. It, it could be. Um, we find out that... Uh, Rather amusingly, the the sum of money that the estate is worth is a million pounds. Yes, yeah. in a very uh, Austin Powers way, a million pounds. Um, and uh, they will go. <sighs> you can see why people would kill for this. Mm. So ooh, inflation's killed this plot, and <laughs> really, yeah, um, yeah, and uh, it then it then picks up the the novel again, where Holmes goes. I'm far too busy to come along. Yeah, um, you, you go down Watson yeah, with Watson. Sir Henry and Dr. Mortimer. And they do. Well, they don't go down to Dartmoor. They go to Frensham Ponds, which it's is in Surrey. Is, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, where Frensham is this? Because it doesn't look like Dartmoor. There's a travelogue little bit of footage later on where the camera's like slowly panning across, and that is Dartmoor. Right. But every time you see any actor, that's Frensham Ponds in Surrey. All oh, right. Yeah. Let's go to Surrey. <laughs> And we got Sam Kidd. Sam Kidd, the wonderful Sam Kidd. Up he pops our first, again. Uh, is this our first or No, second? no, no. He was the policeman in Quite a Mass Experiment. Oh, yeah, Thora heard. Right, yes. Because we have got um, a Sam Kidd tally. Yes, so Sam Kidd. He's it's always Perkins. nice to see Sam Kidd. He's Perkins. The, the and he, he Yeah, he mentions that, um, that Selden, the murderer of street women. 
Yeah. <laughs> get a little bit of Jack the Ripper in there. Um, he's uh, he's out on the loose. And I, I don't know whether that, because in the book it's, it's thrown in as a, oh, this is another possible explanation. And in this, I don't know whether they throw him in as a sort of, oh, it could be Selden. We never meet him, so who the hell knows? Um, and then uh, they get to uh, they get to Baskerville Hall, and uh, I've forgotten completely. Lovely Sergeant Wilson. Sergeant there. Wilson's there. Sergeant yeah. Wilson, the butler. <laughs> the butler. Yes. He's great, and he steals he steals any scene he's in. He is Wilson. This could be Wilson's yeah. dad. Sergeant yeah, so, Wilson's dad was a butler down in yeah. Devon, don't you know? So it's a Sherlock Holmes. Uh, Watson goes. Sir Henry is going to be staying here, and you can almost you want you want uh, uh, him to go. Um, do you think that's wise? Sir? It's brilliant. I love him. He's such a good actor. Um, yeah. And I, then we we get heavy-handed. They point at a big gap where there's meant to be heavy-handed. Very yeah. good. Very yeah. good. <laughs> Web-handed. Um, yeah, and it's. Uh, I can't blame them for this because it is in the book, but the staging of it, they might as well turn to the camera and go, make a note of that, kids. Yeah. <laughs> this will be important. And yeah, I mean, Watson goes out on the moor and he meets Stapleton with this yes. webbed hand. They make a big play that he's got a webbed hand. I can't, I can't shoot my gun because yeah. of, look at this. And we well, this is, this hand. is another absolutely massive change to the book and I think again very coarsens it so in the book uh, Stapleton um, still the killer but he's a he's a school teacher um, his, he's living with his sister uh, and they're very very well educated people in this uh, Stapleton is a gruff uh, man of the land with webbed hands. He's Farmer Stapleton. Farmer Stapleton. And his daughter is a wild gypsy girl. <laughs> Cecile, the half Spanish yes. gypsy girl. And you can just imagine them at Hammer going, where the hell are we going to get a bosom into this? We need some cleave. Mrs. Hudson? No, oh, no. God, no. <laughs> oh, no. And yeah, and it's it's so... Because one of the big things in the book, of course, is that, that Sir Henry falls in love or starts to fall in love with... Um, uh, Stapleton's sister and it turns out it's Stapleton's wife and she's an abused uh, wife that's going along with it. and it's just it's many many layers of 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 wrongness uh, but it really adds to the characters in this it's again it's so uh, so, so sort of made made more coarse isn't it that's like yeah he's just a, he's your typical uh, gruff farm person doesn't off trust the rich yeah and, and when because he's laying bear traps yeah there are many bears in Dartmoor <laughs> I don't know perhaps it's changed since Victorian times um yeah Stapleton killed them all yeah he killed them all <laughs> there used to be a thriving bear community yeah. um and yeah we get this like you say this clumsy thing of where Watson says um uh he's absolutely annoyed with him. So this is this is absolutely uh, terrible you shouldn't use traps like that why don't you shoot them like normal people like gentlemen <laughs> and he goes like he got webbed hands if he can't uh, shoot his shotgun why has he got a shotgun i don't know yeah. also why can't you shoot a shotgun if you've got webbed hands mm. what how is that stopping you yeah. that. did it take you back it took me back to my childhood did it take you back to your childhood seeing watson in quicksand 
Yes, oh, I put it in here. Quicksand, because, yeah, Three. we were terrified of quicksand. We were always told that quicksand would be our undoing. I blame the Tarzan films for yeah. that. Spread yourself thin. Yep. Don't don't struggle. Try and float. Yeah, uh, Watson falls into the... It looks horrible, doesn't it? Yeah. The poor actor, poor Andre Morel. Because um, he's chasing this gypsy girl. <coughs> okay, I didn't write her name down. Do we know her name? Cecile. Cecile, that's it. Yeah. Yes, Cecile. Wasn't that a madness song? No, no that's Cecilia. Oh. But that was the old uh, Simon and Garfunkel cover. They right. Oh, yeah. there we go. So it's all connected somehow. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's chasing. He's chasing her, but of course she knows the the Moors like the back of her hand. I've never never met the her. back of her webbed hand. Yeah. Oh, very good. Um, yeah. So so again, none of this is in the the novel. Um, we do get a, a meet cute where. Um, I don't think she's called Cecile in the book, but Stapleton's sister will say the one in the book. She meets Watson, thinks he's Sir Henry, and actually tries to warn him away. Mm. And obviously, all, all the stuff in London with the bearded, the, it, you know, it's ne- yeah, never definitively said who it is, but you can think, oh, it's it's uh, Stapleton's sister trying to warn off Sir Henry rather than mm. kill him. No tarantulas in that. Uh, and then we we go to we get the outside set of Baskerville Hall. It's Dracula's castle it again. Most, isn't it? Oh, blum! There's oh. there's one long long shot. You go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's Dracula's castle. Yeah. yeah. And that's well, we when... like three three films in, and we're already going. Oh, it's the same set. Yeah. Can I just say about Watson? Oh, Andre Morel. Yeah. What's really good when he he's in the cart being taken back, and he's all muddy and that. He had just finished filming um, uh, quite a mess. So oh, right. he looks just like Quatermass. <laughs> yeah. All <laughs> oh, right. So he had just done the BBC Quatermass in the pit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So so Henry and Watson, that's in the book, isn't it? They see the night, uh, the light out on the moors. Yes. Yeah. And, and yeah, they, they, they see someone signalling. They go out to investigate. Uh, they think it's um, Selden, but they can't can't catch him. Uh, and it, yeah, they they know that someone in Baskerville Hall is communicating with someone on the moors. Yes. Which again, it just adds this nice little level of of who done it, what's going on. Something I, I, I don't get in this tale is that, you know, they're out on the moors, they hear the howl of the hound. Yep. But the hound is a great Dane dog. Yes. Dogs Not don't howl like no. that. Well so it, who's making the noise? I is don't it, know. Is it Stapleton? Yeah. It could be. Perhaps they should have cut to a shot of him with a gramophone. <laughs> BBC sound effects number four. Um, yeah, it doesn't make much sense in this when we finally see that <coughs> it's just a Great Dane with a mask on. I love the fact that he's wearing a mask. Yeah. Have you ever tried putting a mask on a Great Dane? I wouldn't want to. Um, perhaps this is what uh, inspired uh, Scooby-Doo. You know, the, yeah. That's a Great Dane and they keep taking masks off people. Yeah. Um, we meet uh, we meet Franklin now. In the book, Franklin is this very intelligent uh, retired lawyer, and he's he, his hobby is to just take up uh, frivolous court cases with people just to annoy uh, the local court system and everyone else. He's a horrible character. In this, it's uh, it's lovely Miles Matheson as a bishop. Hmm. Do you think he owned bishop's gear? 
Because <laughs> he like almost every film he's in, he's a bishop. Did he just? Is he got, just got that look? Every time you say that, I've got an image of Michael Palin going, "It's the bishop." It's the bishop. Because <laughs> um, in this, they tried to make out it could be the bishop, couldn't it? Could be the bishop. What that old That's, fool? Yeah. Did no one ever go up to Miles Matheson and say, Miles Matheson, mate, 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 that wig's convincing no one. <laughs> it never has, it never he will. always plays the always, same character, yeah. doesn't he? Same character, yep. Yeah. No, I imagine, I never met the man, but I imagine he's playing Miles Matheson. Yeah, it's um, like Charles Haltry, isn't Malison, it? Isn't it? Matheson, sorry. Yeah, Charles Haltry. Yeah, but it's nice to see him. I always like him. He's always value for money in a film. Um, but... Uh, they they now use this to set up, which again not in the book, that Sir Charles was a bit of a ladies' man. Yeah. And we find out later on that that he also Sir Charles also was uh, trying to dip his wick mm. in uh, in the wild gypsy girl. So what is it with these bloody knobs that live in big houses? Mm. Um But uh, and my favourite line in this as well where they're talking about um uh, they're talking about the the brother-in-law that disappeared, and uh, Miles goes, uh, "It was a notorious white slaver, nice fellow." <laughs> <laughs> he is good. He's, He's good. Yeah. It's around that point that's when Holmes comes back, isn't it? Yes. When, when, when yeah. Watson goes out to the Abbey ruins and yeah, much and, much and earlier than there. in the, the yeah. novel. Yeah, much yeah. much earlier. Because I suppose they it's like we got Peter Christian and we better use him. Yeah, in the novel, it's almost the entire novel. It's right at the end that Holmes isn't, comes back. Isn't there a moment, or am I confusing it with one of the stories, where Watson meets Holmes, but he's in disguise? Or is that a different story? That's a different story. You know, right. in this, in this, he's uh, he doesn't meet him. He, Watson stakes out the uh, the old prehistoric settlements, and right. of course, in this, the old prehistoric settlements are now a ruined abbey. Yes, yeah, which is. Either close to or far away from Baskerville Hall, depending on if the story needs it. Um, we do get mention. I I don't know. I don't know whether we should have this tally going, uh, which you don't really expect to get mentioned in a Hammer film. Uh, a jumble sale. They're having a local jumble sale. Jumble sale. Yeah. All right. We'll have a jumble sale watch. Jumble sale watch. <laughs> I'm yes. writing that down. Um, I, I that took me back to my childhood. I miss jumble, jumble sales. We never had boot fairs. No, or, no, or no, this. no. It was a jumble Saturday sale. Saturday afternoon jumble sale. Have you got any jumble? Yep. Oh, yeah. Jumble. You wouldn't even call it that now, would you? No, no. Imagine going up to like a modern sort of family and go, "Have you got any jumble? What? Yeah, just walk up, and knock on someone's yeah. doors. Yeah. Mm. Say we want to sell your jumble. When, to see how long it is before they set their dog on you, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's 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 very again very all these new bits very coarse um, because in in the book, uh, Mrs. Uh, Barrymore is taking Sir Charles's clothes to give to Selden, mm-hmm. um, and in this. I don't know why they thought they needed to do it, but in this, she's taking the clothes, but it's the clothes that Christopher Lee put out for the jumble sale. Can you imagine Christopher Lee going through his cupboards to sort of go, that's for the jumble sale? Hmm. It's Yeah, we didn't get that scene. That might have been a cut scene. But we do get Selden 
dead in the clothes, don't we? Yes. I mean, I mean, Holmes and Watson, they, they hear the howl, they run along, they see a dead body, because it's the very distinctive black and white checked suit Christopher Lee was wearing in London. They yes. just assume, without really checking... They don't bother... They don't, well, in the novel, in the novel, the, the similar things happen um, after Watson meets Holmes... Holmes berates him because he says, I told you you should be with Sir Charles. And he goes, it's all right, he's with someone else. And then they go there and he's gone. Then they see the, the person being killed. And they go and investigate and they know straight away that it's not Sir Charles. Um, and then they play it off because Stapleton suddenly appears. In this, they don't bother looking. It's like, ah, we'll pick the body up in the morning. Yeah, and when they go back, it's gone. Yeah, it's um, gone. But there's blood drops leading up to the yes. ruins. Because in a, in another... So, slight change, slight change to the novel. Um, Stapleton, who in the novel, remember, is a, uh, a corrupt school teacher, married, pretending his wife is his sister, no webbed hands, and is doing it purely for the money. In this, he's a, uh, a web handed, gruff, illegitimate worshipper. Baskerville, isn't he? Yeah, he's an illegitimate Baskerville, but he's also a Satan worshipper. Yeah. So he's he's doing satanic blood rituals. So this is Hammer. This, this is Hammer. This we've yeah, got this to is have pure this. Hammer. Yeah. Yeah, we've got to have some sort of um, bloody scene, it, and it's like what? Mm. So what? What? And then they they make <laughs> mention that that he lived in Spain for a bit. Oh, oh, that obviously, yeah. You know that happens a lot in Spain, doesn't it? Mm, yeah. I I thought they would. They could have at least gone down the. He went to South America, you know, and he he was studying the Incas. Yeah. And he comes back, and this is why. And he think, but this whole blood ritual sacrificing adds nothing to the plot. It no. it has no consequence whatsoever. Um. Very very strange. Bit bit messy. Um. And this is where as well we we start getting the the budding romance between Sir Henry and Cecile, mm. which in the book <coughs> is rather nicely done. Uh, it's sort of slightly longer term and, and they're just being nice to each other and you can see what's happening. In this, for no readily apparent reason, Christopher Lee goes, actually, I love you. Yeah. And I've always loved you since I've seen you, even though... Um, you're about eight classes below me, and this would never happen. That's a very awkward snog. There's oh, not it's, much it's, passion yeah. in it, is there? Well, that's what I mean. I don't believe this for a second. Christopher Lee didn't. I just he couldn't. He's such a cold fish. He couldn't kiss convincingly. Um, I know. I it, it turns out it's not. It's all a setup from the uh, Cecile. But it's like, where did that come from? Yeah. Also, where did that come from? The fact that Dr. Mortimer tells Holmes of the old tin mine that's down the road. Yes. That's yeah. a complete invention, isn't this it? Is all, this whole, pretty much the rest of the film from this point on is pure invention. Yeah, it's like um, there's a tin mine down the road. Under and, Stapleton's land. Yeah, under Stapleton's land. And um, off screen, Sherlock Holmes had, had been having many a lovely chat with Selden. And Selden said that the the howling seemed to come from the depths of hell below the ground. And so uh, Holmes goes, oh, hang on, tin mine, that's below the ground. So we get this lengthy, utterly filler sequence of them investigating this tin mine. And they, you know, Sherlock Holmes 
they they get a cave in and Sherlock Holmes they think Sherlock Holmes is dead and it's the the same it's exactly the same uh story plot points as one of the dad's army episodes where and it all ties together where they think Corporal Jones has fell into quicksands and been killed and they're all they're trying to find him and they're all very sad and he walks up behind them and goes what's going on it and it's exactly the same it's so yeah. cliched was yeah. it cliched in 59 don't know no no but again it, it clumsy 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 pointless and that's padding as well um you've got Holmes being rude to Henry on purpose yes. so 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 Henry will go to the uh, Stapletons for dinner alone yeah cuz so uh Cecile, I keep getting that song in my head every time I say Cecile, Cecilia. Um, yeah, she's invited Sir Henry to to tea. Um, that's going to be an awkward tea, isn't it? Oh, Webby at the top of the table Webby. looking down on on Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee showing no emotion to Gypsy Girl. Gypsy Girl showing a bit too much cleavage. Mm, interesting. Um, but Sherlock Holmes, who's injured his leg for no readily apparent reason, in the, in the thing, it plays no part of the plot. No, we don't get a scene where he can't quite get to Sir Henry to rescue him because of his leg. Nothing, nah, just total filler. Um, so he, yeah, he basically says he he can't come along because he doesn't approve of the girl. She's common. Yeah, you know, she'll be getting Your out peasant the, friends. Yeah, she'll she'll want to get out Monopoly and play or something like that. And she's so common peasants. So, um, enjoy so your he- rabbit pie. That's a bit yes, discriminatory, nice, uh, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Especially when it might be bear, it might be bear fritter. Yeah. It depends what he's caught. Bear um, so, uh, and it's a, it's a ploy so that, um, Sir Henry goes off on his own and then, uh, Holmes and Watson can, no Lestrade in this at all. Sad. Um, could have been uh, it could have been a nice part but uh, yeah so they follow him now um, now yes. right they've gone off you know so Henry yep. and Cecile have gone off they're going up to ruins um, Holmes has got a dodgy knee yeah but he and Watson still managed to get to, to get the Abbey before. ruins before them yeah well we, we get this weird thing so in, in the novel the sequence that happens is this is they go off uh, so Henry goes off to the Stapletons and then, because for one reason or another, there's no uh, buggy back, he has to start walking across the moor alone. Holmes and Watson have get there a little bit late, but they position themselves. But then a fog comes down, so they can't quite see. So, they, and it's really atmospheric and nice. In this, it all takes place in the Dracula Abbey place. It looks like the the mm. the, the you know the um, cemetery set. Yep. It looks like that from Dracula. Um, they get there before him because he's wandering about with the gypsy girl. And so where are they going? Hmm. They're meant to be going to lunch at the Stapletons, but she takes him to the, the, the Abbey ruins. And her, when uh, Christopher Lee tries to kiss her and she slaps him and says, ha ha, I brought, you thought it was going to be so easy. You were going to get your end away here. So she, she said to him, it's like, Let's not go to dinner. Let's go to the old abbey and have it away. Um, it's very strange. But yeah, she's, she says, I lured Sir Charles here because he wanted to shag me as well. And this is where he died. Like, Hang on, didn't he die outside Baskerville Hall? Mm. What's going on? Um, 
but this is also where the 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 sacrificial altar stone is but that was in the mine yeah just now so presumably selden uh uh stapleton's you know got his 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 wheelbarrow out and brought it up um he's got the knife because he's going to do some sort of sacrifice for of sir char of sir henry rather than just kill him it's some sort of sacrifice going on to to whom i don't know um but then the dog comes out and like you say, it's just a great Dane with a bit of uh, shag pile on its head. Um, and it goes to it. It starts to, it's a happy dog. It's so happy. It's wagging its little tail. It's having a great time. (laughs) And it's playing with Christopher Lee's stunt double. Um, Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson both got pistols and about four feet away. Can't get a straight shot. Just walk up to the dog, shoot it in its head. It's not armed. (laughs) It can't (laughs) shoot back. Um, but then Stapleton comes out and attacks uh, Watson. And I'm thinking, so who are, is Stapleton the evil genius or is it Cecile? I think it's who's both of them. Who's responsible for the eerie green light yeah. inside that crypt? Because we never find out what that green light is. No, do no, we? just moody lighting. Mm. Moody lighting. Yeah, she, she's, um, while she was in Spain. While they were in Spain, they were mistreated, and he came. He decided to come over to be a farmer five years ago. But what? Hang on, he's also a Baskerville. So what? Yeah, he came over legitimately to be a farmer. And but the trouble is, the land that Sir that Sir <coughs> pardon me, Sir Charles sold him was the land was no good. But hang on, you're a, you're a Baskerville. It's like these two jarring storylines been nailed together and it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It's like pick one or pick the other. Yeah. Um, and they've now decided uh, to kill all the Baskervilles because they were sold duff land. Mm. Um, but Watson manages to shoot Stapleton. Stapleton. Home um, shoots the hound. Home shoots the hound. The hound, in presumably its pain, then walks past slightly uh, Stapleton and Stapleton has to grab the hound and drag it on top of him. It doesn't want to be on top of him. It's like, no, I'm just, I mean, I'm all right here. I'm all right. And he drags it on and they both die uh, of apathy. I like the way they actually take the mask off. You're, you're not under any illusion that this is, anything other than it is it's a, it's a half starved dog with a mask on it wouldn't it have been great if uh, uh, holmes goes uh, this mask was to frighten it pulls it off and it's miles mallison underneath it <laughs> it was me all along that would have been good that's why i wore a dog collar oh very good oh look at that yeah. comedy girl yeah mate. well cecile has run off but she's yes. got to be punished so what does she do she falls in the quicksand yes even though she knew Everything about this place beforehand. Yeah, she hops, skips, and yeah. jumps over it. That's why Watson yeah. falls in. So, but no, no. And that's the end of her, and that's the end of the film. Yes. Um, and it's it, it's a watchable, enjoyable little piece of hokum. It's not. If I fancy watching a Hammer film, I won't I, go to no. this. No, 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 no. I um, I haven't watched it in ages. I bought the the Blu-ray when it came out because I'm a bit like I'm a big Holmes fan. Um, and if I want to watch a version of the Hound of the Baskervilles, not really the one I'll go for. I'll go for uh, Nigel Bruce and uh, what's his face every time? Basil. 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 Yeah. Basil. <laughs> I, I'll go for them every time. Yeah. Um, weirdly, 
this this story has been done really badly so many times, hasn't it? Mm. it you had the Tom Baker version, which was just utterly abysmal. You had the uh, the Dudley Moore and Peter Cook version, which is the most unfunny film I've mm. ever seen in my life. That's got um, Jean Le Major in it again. Um, and then we also had the Richard Roxburgh version mm. with Ian Hart. Wow. Mm. That was an interesting version. Did you know the very first version uh, was a German one? Oh, right. I think it was about 1915, a silent version. Das Hund de Baskerville. Yeah. Um, right. could, could, isn't it right Sherlock Holmes and Tarzan are the most filmed fictional yes, I characters? Think true. Yes. I think that's right. Yeah. All right. So if we talk about two actors, we've got the Stapletons we're going to talk about today oh, right. and okay. vote on today, as well as the Hound. We've got to vote on the Hound. Um, so Ewan Solon played Stapleton. Yes. He was in Doctor Who as well. He was. He was born in 1917 in Auckland. All right. Auckland, that's is that New Zealand? I thought it was Australia. Is it Australia? It's ah, down there anyway. Yeah. Same country anyway. Yeah, he, he was in Doctor Who twice. He was Vashinsky Vers- in Planet he of was, Evil yes. and Chow in The Savages. He was also in The Dam Busters and Tarzan the Magnificent. I don't know if there's quicksand in Tarzan yeah, the Magnificent. Yeah, but he had his own quicksand now, I reckon. Yeah. In when he plays Vashinsky I always think he looks much, much older than here and, and far more yeah. thin and gaunt, yeah. you know? Although it's um, 15 years, isn't it? Between yeah, them. yeah. And his hammer time is four. He's got a rating of four. Yeah. And we've already seen him. We have, yeah. I can't remember which hammer it was, but we saw him. We have seen him. Um, the first one is this, Hound of the Baskervilles. And then the next one, we've talked about it, The Stranglers of Bombay. Oh, that's it. He's one of the... Um... One of the uh, India East India Company people, isn't he? No, he's not. Is he not? No, he's oh, not. He's not an Indian, is he? Yeah. He's a camel vendor. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, we will see him again um, in The Terror of the Tongs when oh, we eventually right. get round to that. He plays Tang Hao. Oh, dear. So, yeah, make up on there. I look forward there. to that. Yeah, Tang Hao <laughs> is an aide to the Tong leader. So we're go- he's going to get some screen time. Yeah. And then he's in an episode of Journey to the Unknown. I've never seen Journey to the Unknown. Have you? No. No. I that, mean, a lot a of them are missing, aren't they? Right. Is that a Hammer series? Then? Yeah, yeah. It's a TV no, series. I... No, I, d- I can't. I, might, I don't know. I might have watched it, but I just none of it rings a bell when I look at plots and right. things. Okay. So that, that that's Stapleton. Yep. His daughter, Cecile, was played by Marla Landy. Okay, who was born in 1933 in Torino in Italy, and she was a top photographic model uh, who later became. She looks it to be fair. Yeah, she later became fashion editor for Harper's Bazaar. Um, Now, IMDb is not flawless. (laughs) No. (laughs) And I saw a fact about her, and it's like, I don't, I don't remember her from that. It says that between 1964 and 1970. She was a popular presenter of Play School. Oh, right. Oh, I think, I mean, in this, if she had won this outfit, I think yeah. we'd have remembered. No, it, that's, they're wrong. <coughs> she was just in one episode of Play School in right. 1964. That was it. Did she, unless she was Hamble. <laughs> in the, in the, or the, Jemima. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, her hammer, hammer tally is only two. 
Hound of the Baskervilles right. and Pirates of Blood River. So we're going to see her again. Oh. But it also says that she co-hosted Pal- Paliamo Italiano, a BBC it- educational language broadcast for beginners. For oh. her work in promoting Italian language and culture in Britain, she was awarded the official title of Cavaliere della Repubblica Italiana. All right. That was interesting, but I've got another interesting fact. Right. right, she was married three times, and her third husband was Baronet Sir Francis John Vernon Hereward Dashwood. That's the name. Yeah, so she became Lady Marcella Dashwood, and wow. when when her husband died, she inherited the Dashwood estate, and the Dashwood estate is where they filmed the climax of uh, To the Devil a Daughter. Oh. So, so she's got another world, hammer yeah. connection. Yes. Um, and on to the Hound. Not yep. much about him on IMDb, apart from the fact that they knew they were going to have problems depicting the Hound. And I think this is this is the problem with, with any film version of yes. The Hound of the Baskervilles, yep. is how do you depict this Hound from hell, uh, scarily? Um, I'd like to have seen footage of this idea about how when it attacks Christopher Lee, you've got... Uh, a, a young boy in Christopher Lee's outfit to make it look bigger than it actually oh, is. Oh, did they? Yeah. But they, mm. yeah, I think they tried it and it just wasn't working. I was going to say, it doesn't appear to be that big in the film, so perhaps it... Right. So you had a great work. Dane called Colonel um, wearing this mask built by Margaret Carter, who was uh, 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 went on to marry, marry Bernard Robinson. I like the fact, and I'd like to have seen this, and I... I they never, they could never have filmed it. But uh, uh, who is is Barbara Woodhouse, isn't it? The old dog yes. trainer. Sit. Yeah, her. Um, yeah, the the dog was provided by her. Wow. And she was all for dressing up as Sir Henry Baskerville for oh, right. <laughs> the dog. That would text. have been brilliant. <laughs> Christopher yeah. Lee, he, he was the dead spit of a, a Barbara aging, <laughs> white-haired old lady. There's a fact you didn't know about her. She yeah. was Christopher Lee's stunt double. Stunt double. That would be amazing. Yeah, I'd love to have seen that. All right, so we do our usual thing, design and effectiveness um, yeah. of the three characters. Which one do you want to do first? Uh, let's do Stapleton first. Stapleton. Okay. Well, what can you talk about the design of this Where he's, farmer? He's a, he's your typical f- country farmer, isn't he? And this, there's nothing really remarkable other than the fact he's got webbed hands. Yeah. Um, which is a, such a strange thing to go with. I understand it's like we want something to, so the audience can go, oh, but then you don't ever show the painting. You don't. There's no scene where they find the painting and go, look, where yeah. Tans- Sherlock Holmes just goes, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know that's why that, that was taken yeah, down. That uh, Selden told me about it. It's like, well, how does Selden know? Yeah. He was a bit of a blabber, wasn't he, Selden? Off his sister, I suppose. Yeah, I, sp- I suppose, yeah. Um, but he's been in prison. How is he communicating with his sister? I know. I don't know. She very, visit, very, I suppose. very shoddily done. Um, so design-wise, he's, there's nothing interesting about him, really. Uh, so I'm going to give him a four. A four. I was going to give him a five. I think you're right. Yeah, all right, four. Okay, a four. And how effective? Um, I've got to try and separate, because compared to the book Stapleton, he's not effective at all. It's rubbish. Because the book Stapleton, I can't, and that's why I said to you, is it his daughter that's come up with his plan? Because I can't, I can't picture this gruff, thick idiot. 
coming up with this convoluted plan. No. Um, but they've not fleshed out enough to say that, like, perhaps, perhaps it was him that came back and wanted to buy the land, and his daughter was like, "No, you're a Baskerville. You should have been pushing him." And but they don't set any of that up. No. Um, he's not really an effective villain. He's both the obvious villain because of the way he's played and who it is, and also not a believable villain. Um, I'm going to stick with four. Yeah, so have I. Yeah. All right, that's a four then. Um, and Cecile, what about Cecile's Cecile, look? So the look, I mean, it's classic Hammer. This is, a, I don't know how many how many Romany gypsies were kicking about Dartmoor in 1898, but this is, a, she's dressed as a universal monsters gypsy. Yeah. Yeah, you know I mean, um, you know the dancing girl in House of Frankenstein or yeah. House of Dracula. Yeah, she's dressed like that. Uh, so, does I? I mean, it's 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 got a couple of very good points. <laughs> her dress, but um, I'll go five. Five for me as well. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And uh, how effective was Cecile compared to the book version? This is where it gets really weird for me because uh, Stapleton's sister in the book is really his wife. But she's also meant to be portrayed sympathetic in that she has to obey her husband, but she really doesn't want Sir Henry to get hurt. She didn't want Sir Charles. But I just come across thinking, you wet cow. You've let people get killed. You know what I mean? She comes, that is not a very sympathetic character in the book. Whereas this Cecile, um, I don't think I've ever seen the actress in anything else, but she's, I quite like her. She's putting a lot of effort into it. Her accent is all up and down a bit, but then if she's Italian, not Spanish, that's the thing. Um, so I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go up to a six for effective. A six. Oh, I stayed at five. Yeah. All right. So all right. So that is five point two five. Okay. Cecile. Now the design of the hound. Woof, this hound woof, woof. from hell. You don't really see the mask that clearly, do you? You just got that one shot when it's standing yeah. on the rock before um, it jumps down. I, don't, I've, I tried searching for the mask, but I, I don't. I don't. I presume it didn't survive. It's not a well. A she, that... she, she. I can't remember what she said it was made out of, but then it was uh, covered in rabbit fur. Right, and it does look a bit tatty when they yeah, take it not... off. I mean, you're right. This is when when anyone adapts Hound of the Baskerville's. It's like where do you go with the the hound you either you either use special effects you know with with light and smoke coming out of the dog and and it's you, <laughs> you can't with, if it yeah. because the whole point is it's it's just a regular <laughs> dog so you can't have light and smoke coming out of it yeah like the poster that classic poster where it's, you've got this black demon dog with glowing eyes and stuff. yeah well the only thing you could do there would be to make out uh that's what Watson and that saw because they were scared at the time. Oh, that's in their mind's eye. That's what yeah, it's their saw. mind's eye view of the dog. Um, or you go the other way, like in the uh, Dudley Moore Peter Cook one, where I think it's a Dachshund or something like that. It's like a, a little dog. Um, that's always been the weakest point of the Hound of Baskervilles for me is the dogs. Yeah, because it's at the end of the day, it's just a dog. Just grab it in the nuts and squeeze. It will stop <laughs> biting you. Um. It's just it, it's a great day. Design-wise, they've put a mask on it, which I think is both both silly and at least they tried. So I'm going to give it a three for design. Ooh, I gave it a two. Wow. All right, two and a half for the design. How effective is this 
Great Dane um, in a mask. It doesn't work at all because when he attacks um, Christopher Lee, he looks so happy. His little tail's wagging. And then when they need him <laughs> to attack Stapleton, he doesn't want a jot of it. And he has to be dragged onto Stapleton by Stapleton. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to drop down to a two for effectiveness. That's it just two. doesn't work. Okay, well, I gave it a one. Yeah. yeah. All right, so that's one and a half. So that's a, a final tally of a two. All right. So that... Um, are we putting them in the caravans on this show? We have so many shows now. Um, what did we decide I th- on? I thought we were. I Was it we an were. in or something? Anyway, uh, yeah. yeah, two is the lowest score today, right? So if it is a caravan park, right down the bottom, you've got the dog pen with the hound in it. Yeah, uh, on his own. Sta- yeah, completely on his own. Staples, Stapleton's <coughs> by himself in number four. Right. But we've done enough characters now that for the very first time, we have co-inhabitors of oh. a caravan. Yes, old Cecile Stapleton uh, is sharing a caravan. Oh, will they enjoy being in a caravan with a gypsy girl? Well, it's Count Karnstein from Lust for a Vampire, oh. old Mike Raven. He's going to love it. <laughs> He's going to love it. I don't know if she it, is. Right? Yeah, she's not going to. She's going to get some unwanted attention. But... Oh, they'd go together, I think they would. Yeah. All right, that's that time and a place. Yeah, Grimpen. Uh, yep. In Devonshire, um, in 1889, I don't know. We still don't know just where Dracula is set, but no. it might be kind of sort of around that time. Yeah. Um, Sam Kid, yeah. Sam Kid Tally, um, two yep. now. Hey. Policeman, Quiet Mass Experiment, Hound of the Baskervilles, Coachman. All right. Yeah. No surly innkeeper. I was expecting no. one, but we didn't get one. Yeah. Normally, it's a staple of this sort of. Uh period and that isn't it but nothing no no one telling uh, watson to be on your way yeah we almost got us beware the moors yes we? yeah we almost got that Early, yeah. earlier on um and where does this go in your top 10 you have five films at the moment where do you um, go i'll put it in but put it, uh, what what what's the bottom at the moment the bottom one is stranglers of bombay i'm just going to put it above stranglers so you, yeah. You're doing what I'm doing, which is yeah. it's above Stranglers, but just below Lust for a Vampire. Yes, yeah. That's a fitting place it's, to do it. Like I say, it's it's very watchable, but I don't I don't know. Is it going to be anyone's go-to Hammer or Sherlock? There's better of each. Well, yeah, we we we've got six. Um, we've got six films each now on our list. Yeah. So, um, in five shows' time things are going to start dropping off the bottom and how yep. long will Hound of the Baskervilles and Stranglers of Bombay yeah. stay on that list? I suppose it depends on which ones we pick. Yeah, yep. Well, I'm, it, it's my pick next time, isn't it? Is. it? Um, yeah. But before uh, I announce what we're talking about, uh, just a little break to say uh, we've got a couple of reviews. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that's early. We don't normally get reviews, do yeah, we, on our at, stuff? And they're over on iTunes, oh, um, which, uh, as I've said before, um, it's quite important um, to have a rating and, yeah. a, a, and a review on iTunes because it bumps us up the list. If anyone goes on iTunes and thinks, oh, I fancy a podcast about Hammer films and types it in, that it's more likely that we're going to yeah. find uh, you know, more, new listeners. So Yeah, the higher, the higher the rating, the more reviews, the more comments. Yes, it, Yes, so so thank you very much, you two who who have left reviews. I will read them out to you because you obviously haven't seen it. No, I I I never go on iTunes. I don't. I I currently don't have. uh, Actually, no, I do have. um, 
I do have an iPod, but I only ever use it for Audible, so I never go onto iTunes. Yeah, I, I still use my iPod every yeah. day. I'm, I'm, I'm thought of as a right Luddite and dinosaur, yeah. you know, uh, especially by uh, my children because they listen to everything on their phones. But I want a dedicated listening device with my music and my audio books and my podcasts on. So, yeah. So, uh, first review is from M.W. Bear. 72, who has commented on our shows before, um, saying another great show from Eric and Ian with a thumbs up. He gave us a five-star review. Oh, okay. so thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Bear. And another five-star review from KCDC230. All right. Quite a lengthy review, this. Are you ready, Ian? Ready, yeah. Ready for your head to swell. Oh. Every podcast Eric and Ian produce is so entertaining and informative, and this new series from them is no exception. I've never been much of a Hammer fan, and apart from the Quatermass films, there's very little that they're discussing here that I, I have ever seen, but that doesn't stop me eagerly anticipating each show and enjoying the great conversation between these two friends. I'm sure they could discuss a paper bag, and I would find it entertaining. Well done, guys. You continue to go from strength to strength, although I will continue to campaign for carry-on in character. Well, that might happen. You never know. Could happen. Could happen. And uh, if you listen to our latest Patreon, uh, our top 10 paper bags, um, (laughs) you'll be pleased. Thank you very much, KCDC. Very much appreciated. Very kind. And and good to hear that, you know, what we're doing is uh, going down well. Yeah. Because we're enjoying it, aren't we? Yeah, we're enjoying it. Let us know uh, if you enjoy it. But also let us know if you don't enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. And if you disagree with us on, <laughs> yeah. on any of the points we're making, I mean, this might be your absolute favourite incarnation of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Uh, let us know on the Facebook page. Yeah, hmm. just let, let us know. We'll tell you why you're wrong. But, um, <laughs> no. All right, so it's time to go, but I've got to announce. Uh, yes, just and I, I don't know. I'm hoping it's a film I've got. Always readily available on YouTube. You, you, you must have this. Although, ah, you are. Ah. Well, Blu-ray, maybe you haven't because okay. you've just reminded me of something that you said a little while ago. Um, no, I thought uh, next time it's time to start our look at the third character that Hammer would repeatedly return to, and that's the mummy. Oh, right, yes. Have you got the first mummy in any I form? haven't, no. You haven't? No. Um... And I know it's quite an expensive old... Yeah, that's, that's the bit I remembered you saying. Ah. Is it available on YouTube? A quick look. It might be cheap on DVD. Do you, did, did you say when you've mentioned this before why it's so expensive? No, I don't, I don't know why unless it was like a limited run or something like that. No, I think um, it's just a bog-standard release. I just know in CEX it goes for silly amounts. Uh... Oh, it looks like it's available on YouTube. So. Oh, okay, good. I'm surprised you haven't got it because you're you're a fan of the Universal Mummy films, aren't you? Yes, yeah, I I, I enjoy the Universal Mummies. I I've I've seen it. I used to have it on VHS. Um, I'm pretty certain I haven't got it on DVD. I I would I would remember that. Unless it was it ever in one of those Hammer box sets, you know, like the no, twenty one film. It, it might have been, but I, I can remember buying it, and it was just a standard, uh, you know, um, standalone single yep. thing. So, yeah. Oh well, you've got two weeks to track that down. Okay. If not, I'll just buy it. If not, it'll be fine. But I, it, it's re- very weird. I don't understand why it, why it goes for so much money. 
No, I, I, I don't know. I, um, I've often thought I'll get that, and then it's like, oh bloody hell, CEX, it's like um, thirty quid. That doesn't mean to say it's not cheaper <coughs> online on Blu-ray. Could be just CEX's weird pricing. Yeah, because you 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 go in uh, CEX quite a bit, don't yes. you? Yes, yeah, it's my sort of go-to. It's the only place that stocks Blu-rays and DVDs on the shelf now. Not yeah. many other places that do. Yeah, yeah. I'm just scrolling down through through eBay. Yeah, yeah. for a tenner you can get Curse of the Mummy's Tomb, The Mummy's Shroud, Blood from the Mummy's Tomb, all a tenner. I'm going from lowest price upwards. Um, yeah. yeah, I can't. I can't even find it. Um, oh, uh, well, well. Hopefully, you can find it nicely on um, on, on on YouTube. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can look. I'm just looking on eBay. So twenty pounds is the yeah, cheapest on eBay. Yeah, is the cheapest. Yeah, it is worth one? it. I mean, I mean yeah. that that that's horrible cover, but um, it it's got some great extras in it. I'll uh, I'll give it I'll give it a a purchase. I think we probably deserve it. It well, if you're a fan of the Mummy films, you have, it needs to be in your collection, yeah. doesn't it? You know, it does. Well, this one is the three disc edition, so it looks like it's got a lot of extras. Yeah, you, and stuff. yeah, yeah. No, that's that that that's the one I've got. Okay. Or cool. it's a tenner for a pre-owned DVD on eBay. Yeah, I'd rather get a Blu-ray, I think. Yeah, because uh, it does look gonna... fabulous as well. Uh, I'm just. Uh, this is riveting uh, podcasting. I'm just buying it now. Oh, look at the look at the commitment, this is dedication. Uh, if you want to help us out uh, with buying these, we have Patreon. Well, I was just about to say, you in. Um, yeah. I've got to send you a, a, a tenner from Patreon oh, because it's that time it's, of the month. So, yeah, so it's basically one. cost you a tenner. That'll so there we are. You're out of it. Yeah. There you go. That's purchased, ordered. Be here around the sixth or seventh of December. That's a weird thing to say, isn't it? That it's the 6th and 7th of December this week. It's weird. That is very oh, weird. That's a scary thought. Yeah, yeah. All right, so in two weeks' I've, time. I've just thought an absolutely great uh, Patreon we could do uh, our, our top five Christmas films. Yes. Do a little Christmas yeah. Patreon. You watched so Die Hard last night. I, saw I did watch Die Hard, face. yes. Yeah, that was our first Christmas film, watch Die Hard. Oh, it's not aged well. No. Oh, dear. I tell you what, I, I found an astonishing fact a little while ago about Die Hard, oh, is right. that um, it, it was Alan Rickman's first film. Was it? Wow. Yeah. He's so young in it. Yeah. <laughs> Bless him. Um, it's good. It's a good film. It holds up really well, but there's certain bits in it where it's like, oh. It's a film of the well. 80s. It's oh, 100%. definitely an 80s film, isn't it? Um, yeah. And it's surprising <clears throat> how low-key a lot of the, uh, the stunt stuff and the deaths are compared to modern films mm. uh which is not a bad thing not a bad thing but yeah uh, i don't know what because we, we try and watch a christmas film a night in december so i'm not sure what tonight's will be but it, I, it'll probably be something like muppet christmas carol right the best of the christmas carol films hammer never did a christmas set film no did they? they didn't that's weird isn't it no i can't think of one i can't think of one no You'd think Christmas Carol would have been ideal for Oh, Hammer doing have, Christmas yeah, Carol. for the ghost factor. The who, who, who would have been Scrooge? Peter Cushing? Oh, yeah, Peter Cushing is Scrooge. Well, would you buy him as an evil... No, no, he would have to be Marley. No. Christopher yeah, Marley. Lee as Scrooge. Christopher Lee would be good as Peter Scrooge. Cushing yeah. as Marley. There you go. Yeah, that's, that would be brilliant. And you've got the, the, the ghost of uh, Christmas cleavages. 
turns out. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, there's no, there's no chance of cleavage apart no, from the woman not. at the end who's like, you know, um... Mrs. Mrs. Scratchit. Oh yeah, Mrs. Scratchit. Yeah. Well, Caroline you, you cha- Yeah, you change the, uh, you cha- you gender swap Tiny Tim. Tiny uh, tits. Have, uh, tiny tits. And well, I was going <laughs> to say you have Caroline Monroe play, but that. No, that's not tiny that tits. Work, no, right? no. Um, We're rambling now, aren't we? We are rambling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do apologise, listener. All right. Okay. Yep. That's confirmed. Ordered. So. All right. Brilliant. Okay. All right. Well, yep. Two weeks time. It's going to be an odd one because we have two bad guys in it. We have the mummy and we have Mehmet Bay, both actors of which we've already talked about. Christopher Lee and old, you know, Eric. Is it? Yeah. Eric Eric Kleeg. Eric Kleeg. We've already talked about both of them. Yeah. uh, I I think our our dodgy quota might go up a bit. I seem to remember last time I watched it. And we're talking 10 years plus since I watched it. Um, I seem to remember. It's just the whole notion of yeah. you're Egyptian, you're in England, but you still wear your fez to yes. show you that you're Egyptian. Yeah, that's dodgy. I think I have the um, well, the novelization of it. I thought he was going to say the fez. The fez, yeah, I got the fez. Um, yeah, I think I got the novelization of it Is somewhere. It, it, it's it's an interesting backstory to the mummy and how Jimmy Sangster, yeah. you know, um, uh, went about certain things you know like the god karnak oh right and karnak's not a god it's a place yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah there's a fun yeah. backstory to that film oh, right. so oh, yeah, well. looking forward join, to that join us in a couple of weeks listener yeah and okay. for more gems like that yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. something it, it won't be a christmas present to unwrap it'll be a mummy to unwrap for you <sighs> boom <Ba-boom>. boom <laughs> <laughs> 